When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. Did you sneeze? Oh, that was a, that was a beer can. No, uh, this is... I know, it's not a beer can. Some a, kind of weird Mountain Dew flavor. No, it is not. It is one of those Nitro Pepsis. What is that? Oh, you got the weird thing? It's it... nitrogen-infused. It's vanilla draft cola. Okay, it's just... I, multiple comments. First okay. of all, I am curious if it's good because I love vanilla. But nitro in anything is awful. Gives me a headache out of a can. I got to say, it's really smooth. Really smooth. Really smooth. But flavor-wise? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It almost tastes like you're drinking like a a Pepsi that you've put a scoop of vanilla ice cream in. Oh, you have me interested. There you go. So um, tonight on the podcast, we're going to be talking some... Purdue news at the top, just some brief news bits that came out. Um, I've got a question for Casey, and then in the second half of the podcast, we're going to continue our look at the uh, basketball roster. Today, we're going to take a look at Mason Gillis. So, Casey, I'm going to give you the question first, and then we'll hit the little tidbits of Purdue news. Are you ready? I am prepared. So, I know you're you're much more of a basketball guy than a football guy, so this should be right up your alley. Um you know, the the date to pull your name out of the transfer portal and come back to your team has come and gone. So short of any Big Ten team landing uh, a game-changing transfer at this point, we kind of know who the teams are, you know, and, and where they're going to be as the season starts. Would you agree with that? 
I mean, as much as we ever know, which is yeah. not very much usually. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, John Rothstein uh, tweeted the other day that... You know what? I didn't see it. Oh, really? No. All right. Well, I'm good. I'm blocked. From Rothstein? Rothstein. We've been over this. You found I the tweets. I can't. Oh, that's right. You found the tweets. I think I said do better because he yeah. had... I think he was dumb like you and had Gillis in the starting lineup. Yeah. How dare he? never happened. Be right. Um, I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing, though. Nobody loves John Rothstein quite like John Rothstein. Big fan. Uh, top, yeah. top 25 <laughs> number, program. Number one. Number one <laughs> fan. Uh, I'm sure he's got a shirt with a with a quote of John Rothstein oh, no. on it, as he does with every other coach. Um, so he tweeted the other day, uh, Michigan was hit harder than any other program on deadline day. Lost two projected starters mm. in Caleb Houston and Moose Diabate. Yeah, anytime you lose not good players. <laughs> Hold on. What does this mean? And here's what I want to talk about. The Big Ten, all caps, officially, back to normal, goes through Bloomington. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't preview this with you before. I'm glad I could get your genuine reaction. Sure it does, buddy. Sure, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, I... Whatever you want, cowboy. And of course, I mean, the IU fans are just like, we're back, let's do it. And I mean, come on. Do we really think the Big Ten runs through Bloomington next year? Yeah, I mean, they want to play in game. Exactly. That was cool. Exactly. And then got trounced in their actual NCAA tournament game. By like 30? I think it was 29. To a major conference, though, right? Uh, I don't believe Mm. so. Mm. But all the five-star talent, Ledman. Yes, which they've had such success with in the past. All the banners that keep them warm at night and keep all the nightmares away. Yes, it's true. That is so asinine. Right? Name a player on... TJD has been a really good player his entire career. He hasn't been a great player. No. And, like, he's played well. Like, he's pretty much, like, 95% as good as he could be. Like, there's not a bunch of room for improvement. And how has that worked out on the court for them? Uh, not terribly well. Hmm. But he's still their star, right? Uh, as far as I know, unless one of these five-star guys who's coming in is going to blow the doors off. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Five stars never failed in Bloomington. No. No, never. Oh. I can't name one. I mean, those those Romeo Langford teams, oh, boy. Yeah, they were really unbeatable. Man, just unbeatable. Lottery talent kid just went down there and changed the program. And this, of course, uh, to continue on this thread of tweets, I saw this and was just, you know, nonplussed. It was like, this can't be real. Uh, so I said, is I quoted the tweet and said, is there a Bloomington in another state he's referencing? Did a Big Ten team move? To mm. which the IU representative from SB Nation, who I will not name, Ugh. said. Do you remember when they were at least like snarky funny? Yeah. And now they're just like ghosting, like ghost pretending to be snarky. But yeah, really, they're just pathetic now. I'm not really sure what's going on. Uh, they've changed oh, managers you saw, like four You saw or five the exchange times. with him, right? With me when we had a, uh, a discussion about women's programs? Uh, wait, hold on one thing. Uh, so their tweet was, in quotes, best Purdue team of all time, in quotes, lost the series with IU mm. on aggregate. Yeah, I did see that. Because, like, you know, that's a thing that people do in college sports. That's totally how records work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I like, if if – if that's the road you're going down, you've already lost the argument. Yep. So uh, what did they say to you about women's? Oh, uh, after, what, after. Was it basketball? Was it football? Yes, or women, football women's basketball and how IU is the women's program in the country. After, after after proclaiming, you know, IU men's because of banners. But IU women, you know, they have nothing. Yeah. Who who has a banner between those teams? Uh, well, we do. 
Hmm. As well as a runner-up that we got huh. so damn close so on. So only certain banners matter. Yes. <laughs> I guess not all banners matter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know, Twitter continues to be just a source of frustration, joy, but also humor at times, uh, when people open their mouths. So there we go. Um, I did want to touch on two pieces of Purdue news, as I said, um, both related to football or I'm no, 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 sorry. One football, one basketball. Um, the less consequential one is the change of Jersey numbers for two men's basketball players. Caleb first will now be number one which, of course, makes sense because his last name is first. And Two on the nose for him. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's just, it's right there. I think he had to do it. And then Brian we, Waddell, Brian Waddell will now be number 11. Does a number change matter if you've never played? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think there were many people out there who are going to have to, like, exchange their Brian Waddell jerseys from his freshman, or from his redshirt year. How do Maybe we feel, his parents. How do we feel about big guys wearing one? I I have no no uh, thought about it at all. <laughs> a number is a number. You wear what you want. That's like when the NFL opened up like jersey numbers years ago, where they were like wide receivers can now wear numbers that start with a one. Like they could wear fifteen or they could wear single digits. And all these receivers were like, I'm gonna look so fast out there. It's like, bro, it is a number and uh, it's gonna be fine either way. <laughs> I just I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I honestly. I know Jordan's like 23 and that's a big deal and maybe the biggest deal of all numbers of all time. Yeah, I think so. But I just don't pay attention to basketball numbers very much. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it not long ago that you found out college basketball players? Yeah, what? (laughs) What number was it? Can't be number 28 I just learned that again. (laughs) Yeah, it's because that stupid rule with the officials having to be able to signal um, to the scores table with only one hand. Oh, did you tell me that's why? Because that's great. Yeah, and it's... (laughs) You know, somehow it's never been a problem in the NBA. As but you Juan can do thirty-eight, or you just can't no, use no, eight at all. No, you can't use anything above a five. Oh, did I know this? <laughs> you did because I believe <laughs> I don't know if we recorded this, but I know you and I have talked about this once before. Okay, because I don't think I they can it. have they can have single digits that are up to nine because you can then, do it two hands because you can do it with two hands, That's but you wild. can't. So you can go only up to fifteen, twenty-five, thirty-five, forty-five, fifty-five. In college basketball, because it's too complicated for him. Apparently, to give double hand signals. Yeah, we got to You know, we got to save yeah. time. We got to keep things yeah. moving. Yeah, protect the refs. So At wild all costs. sport. Why, At all costs. Why, thank God for the NCAA. Yes. What would we do without? Exactly. They're really keeping us in check. Um, the more uh, more important thing is that it is official now. Purdue is going to have uh, two former wide receivers from Iowa who are going to be suiting up for the Boilermakers this year. Uh, we, of course, already knew uh, that Tyrone Tracy had been uh, had signed with Purdue, transferred to Purdue, but it was official after numerous rumblings that wide receiver and kickoff return specialist Charlie Jones is also enrolling at Purdue. So Purdue doing everything they can to shore up that wide receiver position uh, after Milton Wright uh, left the program, and we we know the, the position was hit hard with injuries, so we're hoping we can get all those guys back and healthy. But if not, we do have reinforcements coming in that are, are proven players from Iowa. So that's that's really good news. We like speed. Yeah. They especially... sound fast. I, I don't know if they're fast because they played at wide receiver for Iowa. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm assuming we, they're pretty we good, least, but we, at least we never know saw Charlie. Them. Yeah, we at least know Charlie Jones is good because he did kickoffs and uh, 
he they he had a pretty good career there. Um, a lot of people kind of think he might have a career in the NFL as a return specialist. So Purdue that would be hasn't. Exciting. Yeah, Purdue hasn't really had a good return man. I'm gonna no. Y'all said that in the in, in the group recent chat. years. Uh, in no, recent y'all years. said that. And who I know Rondell. So Rondell had his problems with like fumbling. Yeah, holding on to the ball. That's a but <laughs> but freshman year was an All American kick returner, a special teams guy. I don't want to hear it. Okay, fine. He was the best returner in the country. Fine. So, I will grant that. So all of you but I'm saying off. That was that was for one year, and then he one didn't One year, he only it. played three, and he was an All-American, and you said we haven't had any recent good returners. Fine. All-American, true hey, freshman. Hey, 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 I take it back. Thank you. You're correct. There we go. I was going to yell at the group chat. I don't like you, this. Yeah, you probably had other things going on, like playing another round of golf, so. Yeah. I get it. You're busy. Shot 79 um, the other day, Ledman. I I, that doesn't I, mean anything to I, you. I mean, it means you were what, seven over? are impressed. What were you, seven over then? Eight over because it's 71 par. Oh, well, then that's a trash course. Obviously a trash course. So it doesn't really count. So (laughs) there we go. That's the Purdue news you can use. Uh, We're going to take a break, come back, talk about Mason Gillis. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. So as promised, we're going to continue our look at the Purdue men's basketball roster. Going to continue looking at the juniors. We're going to talk about Mason Gillis today. And Mason Gillis, um, you know, had to battle for his starting spot uh, this season against Caleb First, then number three, who now, as we just discussed, will be wearing number one for the Boilermakers. Um, but he truly did earn his starting spot. Um, I think he showed that he's more than just kind of a, a, a bull in a china shop guy who does the little things. Um, he improved his three po- improved his three point shooting, improved his free throws, improved his rebounding. Um, I mean, what else can you really ask for? Um, Him numbers not to go uh, over for three in his last four games of the season. I mean, yes, that would have been that would have been great. I would have liked it. I would have loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't argue with that. But overall, I think a pretty successful season for Mason Gillis. I I mean, would you my, agree with that? It dep- yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that he cleanly took the starting job since he got it back because first caught COVID. Well. 
And I think we can both agree. You take the opportunities when you get them. But I think we can both agree at the beginning of the year, and who knows how much first got affected by COVID. First was clearly the better out of the two players. And I, so it was kind of weird because Mason Gillis became a really good floor stretcher for the offense. Um, Three point shot was a lot better, as you said. And that was very important. That's one thing that first didn't do as well. Uh, But he was also a streaky shooter. And I was pretty disappointed in his defense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I was disappointed with basically everyone on the squad's defense. Um, So uh, I think lumping him in is fair. He's a lot of chaos energy. And he looks like he should be a good defender. And he mimics the actions of good defenders without being a good defender. Do you say that just because he's got a a big kind of bulky body? Bulky body. uh, Surprisingly good leaper. Like, yeah, he challenges shots at the rim. Um, Unfortunately, jumping on defense is what he loves to do more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it. He committed that terrible foul in the St. Peter's game. Did he not? Yeah. And just if you pump fake, he will jump. Yeah. he He's going to jump on you. So he's got he's got a, a very big like five year old playing soccer energy where he's yeah. just like running toward the ball. Yeah. there There is a carelessness to his game that. Definitely got away in some of the big moments, knocked a couple balls away in big games at big times. I believe he kind of forced a turnover. Maybe Ivy, I think, that he ran into on a rebound, and that seems to happen every game with him. So I think he's one of those where better in places than I thought and disappointing in the places where I think we thought he was going to be good. And I just want to see a little more awareness from him in all aspects of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's fair. Um, court awareness should definitely be one of the things that he looks to improve upon as he moves into um, his last season or third season. Um, as he'll, as I said, as he'll be a junior because the team will not have any seniors next scholarship seniors next year. Um, you know, you and I talked about him throughout the year, um, going back and forth with first. Um, as to who was the better player and who needed to be getting more minutes. Um, a few episodes ago, we actually talked about who we thought would be the second leading scorer on this Purdue team next year. And you said first, and I said Gillis. So uh, both of us seem to think that we're going to get a lot of production out of the four position. And Gillis, uh, to me, is going to be a, a big part of that. Definitely. I mean, he showed at times last year that he could almost be a knockdown shooter, mm-hmm. quick release. Um, not really catching the move, but kind of catching, get into it real quick. If that improves even more, he becomes a real deadly weapon because you, it's still the big 10. There are generally still one or two big men on the floor. And if you are a four or five that can stretch the floor, you will get space. Will you get as much space this season without the concern of a Jaden Ivy? I don't know. I think it will be harder for Gillis to get baskets this year, but at the same time, he is, you know, six six could shoot the ball. It, there is certainly potential for him to take more onus of the offense, even though I don't particularly think he offers much with the ball in his hand besides just catching and shooting. So I think that will limit his production on a consistent basis through the season. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me is he did truly improve his offensive game from his freshman year. Overall, his percentages this season were 49.6 uh, field goal percentage. from the free throw line and 41.4 from deep. And those are all improvements from where he was uh, the prior season. So you love to see the improvement and especially in the three point shooting, because Purdue's generally Purdue under Matt Painter, their best teams have had a really good four and a four who can shoot the ball. Um, 
And as you said, uh, Caleb first struggled with that a bit last year. Um, so Gillis was able to step in and fill that role. And if he can continue to fill that going forward, I think it changes the complexion of the team. Because, you know, when you think of Purdue under Matt Painter, you think of good fours, you think of a guy like Robbie Hummel, um, who really stepped up and kind of made that position um, and left a primer for what the four position really can be under Purdue and Matt Painter. Uh, you could not name more different players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't mean, I don't mean they have the same type of game. Hummel's awareness mean, was 99. Gillis I just was like mean, 32. I just mean they have that aspect of being able to hit the three, with which really stretches the so, four yeah, position. I, so. I have two questions, and I think these will be big to how much he plays and how much he produces. Do you think Gillis is capable of adding, adding a different part to his game on offense uh, or just no. improving what he already does? Uh, I don't even know what that would be because um, I don't see him being a, a guy who can take everyone right. off the dribble. Right. Um, I, I think what we have out of him now is the 40 plus percent free throw or three point shooting and then hustle re- rebounds and yeah, garbage buckets. Because um, He's never shown any kind of post game. Not that I can recall. No. And he's vastly undersized in the post. So my second question is. What are the chances that Trey Kaufman Wren take a lot of those minutes from him? Yeah, see, that's a good question because he's he's a guy who um, you know is coming off our redshirt, but we know we know um, is incredibly talented. Um, obviously, along with um, Jaden Ivey was invited or and Caleb first, right? Was in correct. W- yeah, was invited to the um, the uh, under eighteen. Yeah, he FIBA broke games, his hand right before, and then or yeah, broke his fing- hand or finger or whatever it was, and so did not participate. But he was still invited, so we know he's got the talent to be out there. And it's just a matter of what role he fills on the team, because if you have, in theory, Gillis, or I'm sorry, First and Kaufman Wren were recruited in the same class with the idea that they could play together, they could coexist. So that allows probably, you know, does Trey Kaufman Wren play the three or play the four? Because that's going to change whose minutes he takes. That is a question. I'm not sure that's going to matter a ton. Why just not? because TKR, whether he is playing the three or four, is someone that can have the ball in his hands, that okay. can score with the ball. Something we're going to lack in the guard position. So whether he's yeah. playing three or four, look for him to be someone that does initiate offense. And I think the other complication for Gillis is if that three, four position, if Gillis, first of all, we have a lot of threes. We have a lot of wings, depending on how our rotation looks. Gillis maybe can play some minutes at three. Really? I, I don't feel confident in it. No, I, okay. he's not good on the perimeter. I, I'm I just saying to say, I don't, I don't love that. Yeah. In theory, like maybe he takes some minutes there, but I also don't love him at the five. First, offer something up. We know he can be an effective five. Yeah, yeah. He he does have a bit of a post-up game to him that, as you said earlier, Mason Gillis has not really shown. He may have that in his bag of tricks somewhere, yeah. but he he's never shown it to us in a Purdue uniform. And defensively, first, is big enough to play the center. So I I feel like TKR is going to take minutes, and it's going to be from Gillis because, in theory, he should offer su- shooting. He's a little bigger than Gillis, and he offers, you know, playmaking and shot making and dribbling stuff that Gillis doesn't offer. And that's fine when you have lead ball handlers, when you have Jay Nivey and you have a senior in Eric Hunter. Right. And, and, and Purdue, doesn't, Purdue doesn't have any of those things coming so, in for this next season. So, yeah, like we're going to be struggling for people that can just dribble and make things happen. And TKR is a bona fide stud of a recruit. 
near top 50 in the country, um, fully four star. So it'll be interesting to see if those two are battling it out, if maybe DKR can play the three, but they're so similar, but I feel like they're similar in a bad way because I think they're both going to struggle against quicker third guards or wings that can really handle the ball. I don't think that's either of their strengths. So it, I see some redundancy there and it, maybe Gillis, cause he's a junior, uh, maybe he gets a slight edge and he's done it before. Yeah. That's what I, th- that's what I think if I had to just kind of explain why I think he's still going to get a bulk of the minutes and why you're going to continue to see him out there. I think painter generally goes with the older player because he knows he can trust them in game situations. And as we've, as we've noted, Gillis has had problems in those situations uh, making some some bad mistakes and having poor court awareness, but he still gets the minutes. He still gets run out there. So Painter trusts him to be in a big game, and it is always hard for a freshman, whether it's a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, to come in and truly grasp the pace of especially Big Ten play uh, right off the bat. So I'm sure like most other freshmen, we see Trey Kaufman-Wren is going to struggle a bit during Big Ten play, and if that is the case— uh, Mason Gillis, I'm sure, is more than capable of of going in there and playing more minutes. Yeah, it's just there's a log jam, and Gillis better be near a 50% three-point shooter again, would be my thing. If not, the advantages of playing him a ton, I think, really slip away. I, I think you're being too hard on him, like you I, like you were for most of the He was really year. bad on defense, last, and he's I, not a good rebounder. The whole team was. The whole team was. We talked about... We talked about how bad the, the defense was throughout the entire year, looking at Ken Palm, given those numbers where Purdue was in, what, the, like, 150s, 160s throughout yeah. the year. I mean, we knew this defense wasn't very good. So it, to look at just Mason Gillis and bring it up, I, I think seems a bit unfair. I mean, I'm not But I'm wouldn't not you argue he, that, surprisingly, despite being a true freshman, first was one of our better defenders? Maybe at times. At times, but I mean, he still had a had situations where he looked absolutely lost out there as well. Yeah, I just, like I, just I think I, there's a log jam of big dudes and yeah. semi big dudes, and I don't think any of them passed Edie, and even he won't play, you know, a ton ton just because he's huge. Yeah, but I don't think any of them are going to play much more than 25 minutes a game. I think that's unless fine. unless Berg redshirts, and then that opens up all the backup five minutes. Right, right. I mean, I think. You have to assume that the the plan for Berg is to redshirt, as the plan was for huh. Edie to red. Yeah. Hold on, hold well, on. Yeah. As the plan was for Edie to redshirt, and then he came in, and they were like, "Oh man, he is better than we thought." Um. So of course we all know Edie did not redshirt and uh, basically split minutes with Trevion Williams for two years. Yeah. Now, do does Painter and the coaching staff think that? Edie can play, you know, 25 to 30 minutes, stay out of foul trouble and be out there. And are they comfortable with someone like um, Caleb first being out there and grabbing the remainder of those minutes at the five? Or do you say, I need to have this, this, uh, you know, seven foot plus Swede as my uh, backup off the bench? Um, I don't know. What, what is your confidence of first being a complete full, like the backup center scale of one to 10? I'd give it like a seven. I'm at like a 10. Wow. Okay like for 10 to 15 minutes a night. I thought early in the season before COVID, uh, particularly that North Carolina game, we saw where uh, foul trouble got Trey and Edie out. And I thought it unlocked a switchable one through five defense. I thought he looked really good at times. I like the way he attacks the glass. I think he's a smart player. He knows how to move. Um, I think he's going to help every guard just by the fact he is dangerous and a little more capable with the ball everywhere. 
I think it's going to be vital to have him. And I guess I just feel, I really do think it comes down since this is a pot about Gillis. He doesn't do the things that we're really going to need help with. And that's mainly just being out there on the floor, able to have the ball and not lose it and not take bad shots and be able to create things. And I just, I wonder how much Gillis can offer. And so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, I think he will play less minutes this year than he did last year. Yeah, I think it goes back to a conversation we had during the season um, when we talked about Caleb first versus Mason Gillis. And who do you think needs to play more right now versus do you try to build toward the future? Because I think we both agreed at the time that Mason Gillis really is playing just about as well as we can really expect him to play. Um, Don't get me wrong. He's an incredibly talented athlete, um, a good basketball player, of course. But I think we both believe that when we you know, look back on both of these players in five, six, ten years, that we will probably say Caleb First was a better player for Purdue overall. And th- that's no knock on Mason Gillis. We think mm-hmm. he can still – he still has an important role to play on this team. But I was more of the mind that you play Mason Gillis because he was playing better um, in that moment. And I still think that for a lot of games next year, Mason Gillis will need to play a lot of minutes – and I think he will outplay Caleb first uh, for a lot of time. But to your point earlier, if if it's determined that the team is prepared to go forward with Berg in a red shirt and Caleb first as the backup five, that opens up more opportunities for Gillis. And hopefully he can take advantage and we can get both of those guys on the floor at the same time, which I think is a much better uh two tower situation than we than we had when we had Williams and Edie on the floor at the same time. Yeah, I it's kind of a, the exact opposite of that because it's, yeah. <laughs> do we really even have a center out there? Exactly. Instead of, oh, we have two centers. Um, It's definitely a very versatile big man little core we have. And Gillis does offer things the other one's not. When he was really on, he was really hot during the middle part of that season. It was a bit of a revelation. And everything I say negative about him will be wrong <laughs> if he can get to that consistently. Because that kind of shooting, is, like, for a while there, like he was... Nearly 60%. Yeah. And his shot looks good. It looks very good. He's tall. Um, he can shoot over big defenders. I, I But I, like we've said, kind of talking in circles, but how much are those opportunities going to be there? In theory, I, I would say the biggest difference in college basketball and like the NBA, those shots are always there because you do crash. You do overhelp because there are more mismatches and, you know, just open looks. But it'll be interesting. It would be, I, I think offensively very good i think he has to be better on defense if he uh, if you do want him to be a 30 minute a night player yeah yeah i mean 30 minutes is a lot uh for anybody and especially a guy who as you said he's not really known for making plays you know with the ball in his hands if you give him the key the ball at the top of the key he's not going to be the guy who you you clear out the lane Mm. for and take his guy one-on-one but he, he has a role to play on this team, and I'm I'm much higher on him than you are. You know, as I said, I have him as my second leading scorer for next year after Zach Eady. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but I, I think overall I would characterize uh, Eady's 2021-2022 season uh, as, an, as a success, uh, an improvement on his freshman year, and I really look forward to see what he can do his junior year um, because I do think he's going to be a – pretty key component for this team and i do think he's going to start quite a few games and will probably be in the starting lineup in game one and will have his opportunity to kind of hold on to that with with dear life 
I don't think he gets the starting lineup. Not even not game one I, or just at all. I am wagering that either first or TKR takes that spot. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down in the note yeah, that I because I've got I've got Morton Newman Edie for sure. Oh, I don't I can't even pick a guard. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know who it is. But, um, lawyer I guess would be my guess, and then yeah, whoever you think fits in well with them between Trey Kaufman, Ren, Mason Gillis. Caleb first. Um, I Purdue's gonna have to win with defense next year. I, I do think that's gonna be part of it. So if TKR can't handle it defensively, I think first will get slid in there. But that's not great spacing. So uh, well, honestly, I'm not sure spacing's gonna be the issue because if anything, Morton Newman and uh, Lawyer Lawyer are all shooters. So I I don't know if a shooter at the four is gonna be more important or a more versatile defender. In my head, I'm thinking. The length and solidness of first and Edie would be very appealing behind those three guys. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, who who knows what we're gonna get? Mm-hmm. But an improvement on defense and some court awareness would certainly uh, allow Gillis to see the court more and hopefully stay on the court. You know, if if those things do improve, because those were his biggest uh, drawbacks this year. Also, so, don't get in trouble in the off season. Yes, uh, we we did not uh, talk about that, <laughs> but. That was why he wasn't a starter at the beginning of uh, this past season. So hopefully that does not happen again. Um, Painter really doesn't take kindly to to folks getting in trouble twice. So hopefully that does not happen. But I think that'll do it for us on Mason Gillis. Um, Casey, any final thoughts or, or are we heading out? We're heading out. All right. Thank you for joining us. We'll be with you again next week. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up.